Jaime Black here at the Chicago Made booth, South by Southwest Interactive, day five, the last day of Interactive, here for Chicago Made, Illinois Entertainer, and Dynasty Podcast. And I'm here with Eric Scheinkoff from Music Dealers. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, as you said, I've been here a day, which is about equivalent to a month. Yeah. Uh, but doing It's like dog years. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. So this is not your first South by. We spoke at South by last year, but how many years have you been coming to the festival conference now? Uh, it's about my seventh year, I believe, this year. Uh, just unbelievable to see the transformation from, you know, the indie artists with no names to last year with Coldplay, now every brand imaginable. Uh, so been been witnessing the transformation over about the past seven years. Well, and this is right in your wheelhouse, the convergence of, like, music and tech and brands. So it's got to feel like just being right at home. I mean, does this just feel like another day at the office for you? It does. Uh, just like in day in the office, some things make me cringe. Some things are awesome. Uh, but it's been it's been great seeing brands caring more about music, really trying to learn, even if they're not getting it right. They're trying to engage uh, with artists, engage consumers in more meaningful ways. So it, it does feel good being here. Yeah. Uh, so. What's on deck for you at South By? What are you doing here? What are your goals? What are you looking to accomplish? What are you excited about? Um, so, you know, of course, uh, very honored to be part of Chicago Made and uh, Chicago Maker this year um, to be part of the city's initiative. I think it's fantastic. Other than that, of course, um, you know, we've got a team of six people down here this year, always trying to discover the newest, best talent from all around the world uh, as much as possible. Then we've got a bunch of clients here that uh, we're speaking on a panel with McDonald's on Thursday and with Spotify. So nice to see some of our clients get together and be able to hang out and see some good shows. Yeah, lots going on. Uh, let's talk about some of the recent successes that are happening with music dealers because there's a lot of really great things happening, it looks like, from my end. Uh, so kind of no most notably, you guys just hit the first 15 million, which I'm going to let you explain. but. What does that mean, and what was kind of the mood like in the company when you guys hit that landmark? Sure. So the important thing about that number is that's actually what we've helped artists earn directly into their pocket. So that $15 million is what's been um, earned by our artists from being part of the music dealers community. Uh, I think what it meant to us was... It was very special because it proved the model. It shows like what we set out to achieve is working. And when we started, we wanted to provide a new revenue source for independent artists. We wanted to provide a stage for them to share their music with the world. And we wanted to help our artists uh, understand the value of music to drive their business. And you know, hitting the 15 million paid to them, earned by them, is um, it's proof that it that it's that it's working. And there's good momentum going into the 2015. Well, and I think it's really notable because I think there's still so many artists now who kind of their go-to mindset is that there's no way to make money in the music industry, and I think you guys have helped prove that that's just not true, right? Yeah, I mean, the money is changing, and there's no question about that. Where it comes from is different, but uh, it is not the record business anymore. It's the music business. Um, you know, there's artists that are able to capitalize off of uh, every part of their arts uh, where that wasn't possible a couple of years ago. So it is really nice to see there is still growth left and this this is a, a part of the industry that will only continue to grow as there are more content makers than ever, the production cycles are shorter and therefore uh, just more being created. All of it needs music. It's a great resource um, to be able to call on independent artists. Now, you know, like I said, there is a lot going on with music dealers, so I kind of wanted to run through some of these different successes and accomplishments that you guys have had recently. So let's start with Airbnb. 
Um, how did this connection happen? What does it mean? Talk about the Airbnb campaign and kind of what went into that. Yeah, that was a nice, that was a really nice campaign for everybody involved. Um, one of our clients uh, was in charge of creative excellence at the Coca-Cola company. We worked on a number of different campaigns with him over the years, and then he became the CMO of Airbnb. So when Jonathan Mildenhall got, uh, you know, hired at Airbnb, the first thing he did was he brought us in on his first campaign, which was their rebranding efforts. And uh, it was really great because he was able to make Airbnb see the opportunity within music and using music as another layer in their communication strategy. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities between Airbnb's um, model, their platform, their mentality, and music dealers, where you know we're we're going out to the world and um, you know we're we're enhancing experiences. So we crowdsourced the music for Airbnb. Uh, ended up being an artist in the UK, the uh, called Moth and the Flame, and the song was so successful that. Airbnb brought Moth in the Flame to San Francisco to perform at the rebranding party, incorporated, uh, we did an entire music video for them that served as a new Airbnb, uh, Airbnb relaunch commercial. So it was really nice to keep on building on the foundation of, you know, a beautiful new song to help relaunch Airbnb. Now, what is it about Airbnb that makes them such an exciting partner, client, just kind of like collaborator for music dealers? Because to me, you guys are both really innovative, exciting, kind of forward-moving companies that are definitely doing different things, but I feel like it's not such a different kind of energy on some level, right? Well, that's exactly it. The energy is what um, where we have a lot of similarities, but I'll say it doesn't matter on the brand. It doesn't matter what they do. It's really the people that you get to work with at the brands, and you could have the coolest brand in the world, but if the people you know, are lame, the outcome is going to be lame, whereas in the Airbnb, it's fantastic working with the CMO, uh, Jonathan. He's such a you know, just a, a guiding force and light and ball of energy that we get to do and uh, creative things and push ourselves to do something better. The nice thing about Airbnb is their mentality is it's not about the stay, it's about the journey. And any journey that you've ever gone on, any vacation, uh, generally speaking, there's a song that sticks out as the theme of that experience. And anytime you hear it, you remember that journey. Um, so that's the opportunity with Airbnb to incorporate music as it's a very natural part of the experience that they're providing. Now, you know, something else that's happening with music dealers, I know you guys are looking to expand into new cities in 2015. Um, we're going to talk about that, but let's talk about Chicago first. What's keeping you guys based out of Chicago? Even though you're opening new cities, I know that the office is still stationed in Chicago. So what keeps you guys here when obviously there's tons of other great, you know, industry cities in the country like New York and L.A. and Nashville? Yeah, it's, um, it's a great question. You know, we've actually been approached over the years by um, cities like um, Las Vegas and others that are offering uh, tax incentives and different types of breaks to move our headquarters there. But first and foremost, Chicago is home. Uh, I went to Lincoln Park High School. The majority of our people grew up in the music scene in Chicago. This is where our roots are. This is what's important to uh, see that we're making an impact on the city and helping, um, which is you know really why we started the company in the first place. Uh, the second is that there's there's unbelievable talent in Chicago. When we were doing you know some massive hiring at the end of last year, we used recruiters. We looked all over the world. We were willing to move people from London. We found our best people in our backyard in Chicago, um, underutilized resources. And and then I think the most exciting thing is seeing the support from the city. Uh, you know, last year down here, we were able to host the mayor. And since then, we've actually seen more of an emphasis put on uh, 
building a home for art and building a home for music right along what they're doing in tech uh, and really supporting the startups. You know, our, our chairman um, is Howard Tolman, who's CEO of 1871, and it's been amazing to see what he's been able to achieve in the tech world and give support to these you know, independent companies and startup companies, and now being able to see that music is a priority for the city, it's, uh, it's what keeps us grounded, it's what keeps our roots in Chicago. Well, and I feel like Music Dealers was kind of ahead of the curve because now we're really starting to see this kind of like convergence of tech and music. We're seeing more tech, more manufacturing, more startups, more industry coming to Chicago. But you guys, I feel like we're, we're pretty early in the music and tech space in the city. What was it like when you guys started out versus now? Um, you know, it's a behavior change that we've had to go through with our clients, and we're not there yet. It's still an upward struggle, but um, it was definitely uh, a challenge, and it was a challenge because people didn't necessarily respect a tech company in Chicago, uh, a startup in Chicago. It wasn't the norm, so going against that, but then also going against, you know, our technology was ahead of the curve, and we had to step back and say, you know, when you are doing a behavioral change and a disruptive uh, technology, you have to guide people and hold their hand a little bit more. So we have people, you know, we were lucky, Salesforce, the guys in Chicago came by and explained, even with Salesforce.com, it took 14 years of transitioning to a SaaS platform. Um, and getting their con customers uh, okay with that. And that's what we're going through, and, and it has been good. And, and you know, they, everybody says you have to make it on the road before you can make it at home in Chicago. And unfortunately, we've seen that firsthand, but the fact that we've had success um, in London and in Mexico and New York and LA, it's uh, definitely opened people up in Chicago to supporting us a little more. Um, you know, the more we do and are able to collaborate with local companies, with you, uh, it gets the word out there, and it, it is something that people end wanting to get behind and support and be part of the growth. Now, you know, like I said, you guys are moving into some other cities this year, so kind of talk about where, you know, where is Music Dealers headed, why were those cities chosen, kind of talk about the next stage. Sure. So we always had a small presence in New York, small presence in L.A. Uh, this year, we really invested in the growth of our New York office. We've invested in the growth of our Los Angeles uh, operation. And it's important, um, you know, we're still in an industry where you need to get in front of your clients. You need to help artists understand what the opportunity is when working with brands, when working in television, um, and how to better prepare themselves for success. It's still a lot of face-to-face uh, -face um, but that's where our clients are. Our clients are, you know, we moved somebody into New Orleans because that's where unbelievable music is at. And those artists aren't really exporting. They're not leaving New Orleans. So having a creative director in New Orleans has really helped us uh, up the level, the quality of artists that we're able to work with and, you know, get them involved in custom opportunities and other opportunities that um, otherwise they would have missed out on and we would have uh, missed out on being able to provide. Uh, something else that's happening that's really a huge deal is the Music Dealers Healthcare for Artists initiative. Um, what does that mean and how did that kind of come together? Yeah, so the way it came together is our artists have always been our priority. It's always been the first thing that we think about. It's why we invented uh, music dealers. It's why we created you know, the, the companies to create these new opportunities and help support independent artists as a lot of us, the majority of us, came from being musicians or still are. Um, so we have a massive focus in 2015 on our artist experience, and it's all different types of things. It's you know better reporting, it's quicker payouts, um, it's you know offering certain deals or, or things that we could do to help just their creative process. 
And then when it became a law this year that people had to have health care, we know the majority of artists don't. You know, for the most part, they're freelance. Um, and they don't know where to start that search. Um, they're not in typical jobs where somebody helps you. Uh, you know, navigate that world. Even the freelancers, our clients, you know, music supervisors, they're freelancers, but at least somebody's helping them. There's a guild, there's whatever it is. There's not with the musicians, uh, particularly with the indie musicians that we work with. So we saw it as an opportunity just to be another way to support the artists, to be helpful. We partnered with Go Health with a Chicago organization, um, you know, so that you know, I get my health care off the platform, um, and it, it's a just a really nice addition that artists don't have to think about. And, you know, it's, it's hard to know where they should go and what doctors are out of their reach if they go with one plan versus the other. And we wanted to really make that process easy, support them, show that we care a little bit more than some of the... Um, you know, other other avenues that might not uh, really care about the longevity of our artists. We need to take care of our artists from when they're baby bands because they are going to grow. And we want to, you know, see them healthy both, you know, from a uh, theoretical standpoint with the music, but also, you know, from a physical standpoint. We want to grow with these artists. Yeah. No, I think it's really important. I think it's something that really doesn't get stressed in the arts. You're on the road, you're in a van, you're eating terrible, like you're sleeping in a van, you're not going to the doctor, you're not going to the dentist, it's actually, you know, when you phrase it like that, it's like, doesn't sound that glamorous, but, you know, I think that it's something that gets overlooked, it's like, artists don't always, that's not the first priority when you hear, like, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and, you know, regular checkups every six months. And we've seen, I mean, we have so many artists that, you know, I've seen people cancel shows because their tooth was just hurting them too much, and they hadn't been to a doctor in, like, four years, or they don't go do regular checkups, and as you said, they're living a more stressful life. They are, you know, living out of a van a lot of the times. They are sharing, you know, as many people to a hotel room as possible when you're on the road. So, um, you know, we thought it uh, something that uh, we could do to, you know, really be a part of their, of their overall success, their growth. Now, something else that just happened recently with music dealers is you guys had a campaign called Hashtag Real Time Music. It was tied in at the Oscars. Kind of what was that about and how did that come together? What were the goals with that project? So really it was a, an experiment that we wanted to challenge ourselves to see if we could have success with. Um, so as marketing, uh, you know, real-time marketing is kind of the trend within um, the marketing world right now. And what we do is we provide music experiences and layers of uh, better communication through music. We wanted to see what's that look like in real time. And I know you've spent time in the studio with these artists, and it is amazing to see artists, you know, not just rappers freestyle, but an entire band sit down and come up with a concept and all of a sudden have a nice song within a couple of minutes. So we wanted to challenge ourselves to see if we could do it from a marketing uh, perspective. So we did it with the Oscars. We released three songs. Um, one was just about the red carpet. So all of the uh, who was wearing what. And the second the red carpet ended, we released the song. Um, then during the Oscars, uh, we were taking all the trending hashtags and uh, wrote a song using all the trending hashtags of the Oscars, released that about halfway through. And at the end, uh, we released a song, Leo should have won an award. Um, as he was, which he should have, which he should have, <laughs> uh, and it just got crazy viral. It got picked up everywhere, from Billboard to you know just everywhere. All these great publications because it was the first of its kind, and it's nice to see that brands are able to now use music and incorporate it into even real-time marketing to you know give something to the consumers that's cool, that's unique, that they can't get anywhere else.
Um, something I read that pertains to music dealers that really stood out to me is a quote. It said, brands, no longer a dirty word in the music industry. Um, it's from Next Big Sound's State of the Industry Report for 2014. Is that something you're really seeing kind of prove true for music dealers, you know, with how artists are viewing licensing and other opportunities? Because, you know, I mean, it's really common knowledge. Like 20 years ago, brands were dirty, selling out was dirty, everything's Seattle. It's like, and now I feel like it's not the case. Well, even a couple of years ago, I used to say there's no such thing as selling out anymore. People consider it surviving. And today, I would say that it's evolved from there. Where it's not surviving, it's the cool thing. It's what you need to actually have success. Um, and if you don't have a brand that's willing to get behind you, that speaks to your fans. That, you know, maybe they shouldn't be into you as much as they are. Maybe you're not going to have the longevity that uh, they believe in because somebody else doesn't believe in you. So one, to have a brand support you uh, or be in a television show, it's a stamp of approval. And it actually lets your fans know, like, okay, I am on to something. Uh, this is something cool I should be listening to. Other people are taking note. I was here first. Um, two... Look, their, their artists aren't getting money from labels anymore. Uh, there's no such thing as artist uh, development from a label perspective anymore, and these brands are really stepping up. I mean, they need it themselves. They're not doing it for a charity. Uh, they're doing it because they need a more uh, engaging way, um, a more credible way to engage their consumers. And, you know, even the people in charge of news on YouTube, they will say uh, authenticity is the new quality. And not to say that the music is less quality because it's coming from an independent artist, but it's definitely more authentic. And these brands are getting the benefit of being able to use more authentic artists in their communications uh, and they also know that people aren't watching commercials anymore they're fast forwarding through everything they're not watching you know television on cable they're going to Netflix and Hulu so it's an opportunity uh, for them to you know provide something unique uh, exceptional that you're not going to get anywhere else so it really is a win-win for everybody I don't think brand is a dirty word I think it's moved beyond just looking at it as a paycheck as well and looking at it as something that's important um, for an artist to have in their career uh, you know, kind of wrapping things up, what's next as we really, you know, South By is always kind of like when when they fire the gun at the start of the race for the music industry. From here on out, it just, it flies by, and before you know it, we're going to be sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner. Not together, but that'd be lovely. Uh, so <laughs> so where does what happens now that 2015 is really about to start for music dealers? Well, first of all, about Thanksgiving dinner, you need to come to the next one because we actually host a potluck for all of our artists. In, I am there. Yeah, in L.A. and <laughs> Chicago, we invite every all of our artists uh, to our office and we cook for them and have a chat. So next one, uh, please. Wow. I am there, yeah. Um, but, yeah, South by, you know, as you said, it's it's the gun is about to go off and then it's full speed ahead. Um, I think the most interesting thing to me is, you know, I've really been going to these conferences and looking at the difference between what I've, you know, been considering the 20th century media companies and the 21st century media companies. And the music industry has been set up to react to the 20th century media companies. The television shows that take a long time to produce, they have a bigger budget. But still, if you look at it at the end of the day, there's 10 to 12 episodes a year. So there's 350 scripted and reality shows on regular uh, cable. If you look at the fact that 300 hours uh, are, of content is being uploaded to YouTube every minute, um, and then think about the fact that music needs to play a role in that content, um, and music industry needs to adjust uh, to be ready for it. So that's that's what I'm focused on. What are the solutions? I don't think anybody uh, has an answer, including us at this point, but focused on it, looking at it, um, and seeing you know how do we stay ahead of the curve and 
you know, just like in 2006, 2007, 2008, there was disruption in the music industry and in the ad space is what allowed us to enter into the market and, and grab some market share. Uh, I think we're at another, you know, very um, important point of the industries. And, you know, whoever gets their head around what the right service to provide during this next step is really going to come out ahead as well. So just trying to make sure that we're in there still. No, absolutely, man. I think you guys are. Um, always lots of really exciting things happening. Eric Scheinkopf from Music Dealers, man. Thank you so much for taking some time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you on the podcast. Thank you, man. Yeah, you as well. Thank you very much. We love being a part of this. Absolutely, man. I'll see you at Thanksgiving. Okay. <laughs>